for most of us most of the time I'd imagine now we look if we just reveal what experience is for us it's one of differentiation you could say very basically consciousness provides differentiation between sights and sounds tastes and fragrances and uh, also differentiation here am I experiencing that there's a differentiation between a subject and an object this surely this is yeah, it's looking at these very fundamental so-called realities. <laughs> this differentiation, yeah, and uh, clearly we seem to differentiate between our thoughts seem different from our moods, our emotions, and feelings and intuitions, and that's different from this physicality, yeah, which is sensations and substance and texture. So even this that I seem to most clearly belong to and be and experience as myself is actually, you know, several things, fundamentally several things, you know, several inseparable things. I can't really operate without this body. I, I definitely, I think, I have to think to be able to operate. And there's certainly moods, emotions, senses, sensitivities, empathies, you know, all that is happening too. Mm. This is the experiences of differentiation. Mm. Consciousness provides that, or this particular form of consciousness provides that, does that. Called the sense consciousness, based upon the six sense bases. Mm. Mm. Now, we can also recognize differentiation can cause when it becomes reified into really distinct objects can cause severe problems when those distinctions become separation alienation discrimination prejudice bigotry violence i hate these people those people this is the tragedy of the human experience isn't it how we can you know see people as other in such a fundamental way that we lose empathy for them we lose a sense of fellow feeling for them we lose a sensitivity towards them yeah we fear them we hate them we lust after them yeah we make them objects that we want to have or get rid of or manipulate in some way or another isn't this the human tragedy and of course it goes much further than that it goes into the way we seem to respond to animals life forms the planet itself is just seen as a kind of lump of matter that you can do what you like with hack up chop down burn mine dig dump things in so what yeah and you know what do we get out of it yeah from that power maybe we get some money which gives us power apparently gives us power over what world of death and discrimination and lack of harmony and you see this playing out you know doesn't matter what happens in that country because I can go and live somewhere else doesn't want to happen to those people because I can go and doesn't I have to I can switch it off I can go somewhere else you know? and so this is the human tragedy yeah now this may seem beyond the pale or beyond the uh, um, scope of a meditation retreat to handle or enter into but um, I'm suggesting that that process of differentiation begins right here in this uh, body-mind experience called apparently myself and this is where you begin to can begin to understand the differentiation uh, and see that some of these 
kind of barriers between aspects of body, mind, thought, emotion, feeling, the shut-offs, the don't-want-to-knows, the resistance to feeling, the um, abstraction into another world of thoughts and ideas. Uh, And what that does, how that happens, a kind of surging up. Uh, often through fear or desire, essentially, different forms of it, anxiety, uncertainty, uh, even, you know, good, not necessarily bad, is even good desires, like, I really want to get it together, you know, so that I can plan my life out. Well, yeah, you know, where's where's your life that you're planning out? We've abstracted, and how can you, how can you do that? How can you do that? Yeah. Because that thing isn't alive in the first place. <laughs> it's, we've sub, you know, we can end up substituting life as the vital, empathic, living experience into life as a as a notion with numbers and ages and places and you know. I'm going to this place that, that, that you know, we can abstract into that. And, you know, where's, where's the, what's that feel like? Constant restlessness. Mm. You know, and uh, keep trying to keep it all going. Yeah. And really be able to tap into the real quality of life, the living force, the living experience of being human. Mm with the uh, the virtual world we can just yeah that has its place times dates have their place but we don't have to live in it you know <laughs> you can live in this and say from this place it seems like a good idea to go on retreat next month you know or something from where I'm at now that's fair enough mm. But how many, how much time do, can people spend just spinning out into plans and strategies and fears and in the future? And so when it comes down to meditation, this process of what it results in a kind of split between the thinking mind and um, this living experience, the embodied living experience. Which feels things. Which also has empathy in it. Uh, Embodied living experience is a tissue sense and there's also a heart sense with that. Heart sense is one of resonance empathy. We feel things, we sympathize, we affected by. What, what happens around us and we're willing to be affected by what happens around us because it's real it happens it's important to feel that These are not just we're not just living in wallpaper you know? and it doesn't mean that feeling doesn't mean to have to mean everything you feel you act upon but you note you feel you sense that and okay how is that? How am I with that? How do I find a place to be open and spacious about that without reacting to it, shutting it down? And from that place of where it starts to, one finds that sense of dispassion, then, ah, and then we can enter activity. Just like this simple example of hearing the bell. You all know what hearing bells do. Ba-dong, signal. Yeah? Okay, you hear that, and I'm saying, well, just hear the sound of the bell, and you know what that means. It means action, doesn't it, of some kind. Because so just pause. Just, you know, hear the sound, and just for a moment, un- just unplug the action from that sound. Feel the resonances, the feeling. Oh, it means we're about to do something else. And you get that, all oh, right, okay, just let that one, that wave run through. And as it settles, okay, now we can 
Yeah, let's get up, pay respects to the shrine, move on. It's a very, very simple, small movement, isn't it? Just that pausing. So, it's a, you know, a way of just being a bit more mindful around signals where we get this immediate hit of something. And then, you know, as it, and the sense of that is that you experience the, the impact of a sound, a signal, pleasure, pain, do something, act, don't act, and uh-huh. So the wave of that perception creates a feeling, an impulse arises, you just let the impulse wave move through, and what's the right thing to do? What's the appropriate thing to do? Now, this is just a simple bell. There are many more signals than this, as you all know. Yeah. But it's at this point of signal, contact, feeling, the differentiation process bursts into activity that is something that jumps out and many of the signals are not as innocent as that bell um, they are you know commands verbal signals things we tell ourselves you know oh it's you know I've got to do this or I can never be that or people think this of me or he wants this or I've probably done something wrong. These kind of inner, inner signals where you, you feel yourself something jump. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, okay. Note the jump and then pause. Let that one move through and then okay, as is it moves through, calms, fades. Now, what's the appropriate thing to do? So you, you just ease up the the connection between what's called sanya perception and what's called sankara volition the doing mm. that space gives you the sense of being a little more uh, objective and um, integrated about what you do you're not just reacting So that there is, on this level of experience, there is this differentiation, there's apparent me and you, there's time and place, there's pleasant, unpleasant, there's night and day, and these can carry all kinds of uh, meanings, evocative meanings. You know? And uh, we have many more of those internally, our friends, our relatives, our sick, our dying, our dead, our enemies, our friends, our problems, and they'll bong, bong, bong. They're all like signaling, yeah? <laughs> my future, my past, uh, signaling. You know, what I'm supposed to do, it's all signaling. These are all called sanya signals. And when those hit, we start to get, right, I better sort this one out, do something about it. And first thing is just pause. Till there can be a sense of yeah, what's happening in my where I am, my body, you could say, not my toes or my ankles, but just the sense of being here. So that when I move, everything in me moves decisively. There's a sense of yes, I'm with that, or no, not right now, or this one can't be figured out yet, or you know, there's some way in which we can make, you know, arrive at a, a, a something that's decisive. And it can be just the answer is don't know right now. Put that to one side. So this is where the differentiations don't create this breaking up into uh, a world of time, play future, past, self, and others. Hmm? Now, as long as, because when we experience others, we don't really experience them, we experience our perception of others. 
our impression of others. And that impression has to be felt, sensed, known, understood, held with openness and compassion until the, the kind of it settles and then we can act. It's like that. So feeling frightened, feeling disappointed, feeling, you know, and then this is how the harmony occurs. Because instead of just the reactions of fear and desire, instead of seeing the world as a series of objects, we experience the world as something that there's, there's we, we allow ourselves to feel it, to empathize with it, to, to touch us, experience the contact, the senses of that, and then uh-huh, we can respond from that place. One of our supporters used to fly airplanes as an airplane pilot and his, um, one of his training sessions was he had to be in a simulated airplane cockpit as the pilot and the signal would come through that the, the left wing engine's on fire. Mm. So what do you do? Yeah. And they say, well, actually some people would immediately react. They said, no, no, the idea, the, the people who pass the test are the people who spent two seconds before acting. Yeah. <laughs> two seconds is not long, is it? But just to, when I'm saying let that wave pass through, it doesn't mean wait an hour. Well, it might be if you're really stirred up, but it means hit the signal and then, okay, uh-huh. all right, you know then the response will come through. So this is called heedfulness, paying attention, mindfulness, framing it up, forming a frame of reference around a perception and a feeling. Feeling is known as a feeling. Perception is known as perception. Yeah. Is my perception of another person, is that tainted with fear, ill will, uh, greed? Yeah. Do I want to respond to that? Do I want to act upon that? No. Pass. Then another person I see as a mutual subject instead of an object. Just like me. 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 She gets angry. Just like me. He plays around. Just like me. You know, just like me. Just like me. We're humans. Just like me wants to be happy. Just like me gets nervous. And so that 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 once the world of objects we begin to see is really not objects, they're just responses in our mind, in our heart. Then there isn't this breaking up to the world of me and everything else is just objects that you move around like pieces on a chessboard. <clears throat> this differentiation process is what the sense consciousness is endowed with. It does that. We see sights and sounds and experience the self as distinct from it. And uh, that's both a place for suffering, prejudice, violence, and also a place for empathy and compassion so which way do you want to go (laughs) now in meditation when we're sitting in what seems to be ourself our self package with all its uh, sensations and feelings and thought processes and past and future and, uh, and impressions of ourself arising, impressions of other people arising, um, physical feelings arising, uh, moods arising, uh, flurries of thought arising. Uh, you know, here we are, here's this, the human experience. And uh, saying, well, first, you know, first of all, don't necessarily react to any of it. Just reckon, just open up the package. This is what there is. So, 
in this presentation of Dhamma, there isn't somebody separate from that package. It's all the package. There's an opening up of that package. Here's me trying to figure out how to meditate. Uh, here's me, you know, here's that experience. And we begin to sense the, the completion, the whole lot of this package being unwrapped. Uh, and uh, though there are there are many features to this experience, pleasant, unpleasant, curious, uh, subtle, gross, desperately poignant, urgent, important, casual, humorous, <laughs> playful, so on. The, um, the key that we must begin to attend to is this experience of myself. The one which could be the one who witnesses all this, the one who watches all this, the one who tries to sort all this out and somehow considers itself to be separate from the experience that's going on. Here I am sorting out my mind, here I am dealing with my thoughts, here I am working out how to this, that, and the other, you know, separate from my thoughts. I'm separate from that. That is, that's, that is an experience. That's not separate from experience. That is the experience. <laughs> right? It's part of the fundamental experience. We all experience that, don't we? <laughs> Sometime or another. There's nothing wrong with it, necessarily. That's, that's part of the package. But when does it split so that I am separate from experience? What what is that experience, that that bit of the experience we call myself? Hmm. Happens. It's something that sort of stands back. There's a certain uh, energy in it. Uh, It's often quite mobile, quite energetic. Um, you can feel almost as a boundary around it. Here am I, there's that. So energetically, in terms of energy, it's an energetic form, a certain condensation, a certain contraction, a certain coagulation of energy. Contemplate it as part of the experience. Just think of something you really want to need to do or want to do and what the experience is like in that a certain intensity, right? Some, just the, imagine something you really don't want to have happen to you. Somebody cutting your legs off or, you know, roof falling in. You know, just play with the idea. Now, that's it. what is that experience of self? There's a certain condensation, a certain crystallization of energy. Here we are. Uh-oh, got a tighten up, make something happen, stop something happening, be decisive. That's part of the experience, isn't it? When you're planning what to do, isn't that part of the experience? A certain, you know, things were sort of, you know, whatever they were in a non-committal way, and then there's a certain contraction into, I'm the one who has to deal with this. I notice this all the time. Yeah. It's, I'm not saying it's wrong, it's just, some, just to be aware of that, that experience. I mean, I always joked that because I was the abbot of a monastery, you know, the place I'm in, my monastery is always, oh, yeah, I've got to deal with this and that and the other. Lovely place. One of the most beautiful monasteries maybe in the world, but certainly the most beautiful in Britain. Lovely rural countryside. Docile English landscape, flowers, trees, birds, nothing stings, bites, nothing with fangs on it. The most evil thing is a stinging nettle. You know, very soft, gentle, you know, beautiful, and all this. And you go there. And after a while, people come, wow, this is great. Can't stop it here, can you? Oh, yeah, well, just stick around. Somebody getting upset about the washing up, 
Somebody's getting upset about people not putting the dishcloths away. Somebody's getting annoyed with this person whistling in the showers or something. <laughs> There's somebody worrying about what we're going to do about the tractor's broken down or you know it's raining or well, somebody's got to organise all this. Somebody fix it. Somebody you know, look around. Who's going to? Well, what about you? <laughs> Yeah. Or people going, you know, you've got a community of 25, 30 people, somebody's having a bad day or grumpy or gets angry or, you know, doesn't share or doesn't cooperate and then you uh, sort him out, I suppose. <laughs> God. <laughs> you go to other people's monasteries, oh, it's great, isn't it? Because you know, I haven't got any responsibilities, so everywhere else is great, you know. Because <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> That's the difference. You know, other places I don't think they're necessarily as as beautiful. People are no more better nor worse, but I'm not responsible for it. So I feel, wow, this is pretty easy. Because that contraction doesn't happen. I don't have to sort it out. I don't have to fix it. Nobody's asking me to. It's all fine. You know, you just flow. <laughs> so, because it's, that's non-ownership, isn't it? Yeah. And there's that. Okay, so we just get a look because that does, you know, there's a certain experience that goes with that, and that contraction occurs, and it can get very severe, where you become really like the weight of it sits on you. You feel it really in your head, your shoulders. You feel tightened up, physically tightened up with it, emotionally quite choked with it. All this stuff, and you feel really quite. It becomes not just the self; it's not a thought anymore. It's definitely a felt experience. Hmm? I'm sure you all have this at some time or another, where that process of differentiation becomes so intense that it splits off uh, from, you know, here I am, separate from the, the, the world, other people. Uh, and there's that split and it feels intense it feels weighty it feels burdensome if it continues you feel lonely you feel anxious you feel left out you feel alone if you try the best you can to make it work it doesn't work you feel tired and you feel angry you feel upset you get depressed (laughs) how do I know this? (laughs) <laughs> and then you think I shouldn't feel like this I should feel some other way than what I'm feeling <laughs> so you split off from the feeling itself as well because the, the, this sense of self always has to, has to seek security seeks to be okay but the problem is you, it can't fix the world it can't fix experience it can't step back and fix experience (coughs) because the whole experience of splitting off from what's happening renders it impotent I mean you know in in a healthy way you can dominate from that place you can you can dominate You you can push things around but it's not it, that itself is also uh, suffering and you're feeling this isolation how to get back you know. so we'd start to realize we need to I suggest you know handle that self experience quite carefully and with some sensitivity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do I need to actually shape up around? What do I need to experience, you know, form around? Do that, that what I call coagulation or condensation around? When's it necessary and when can it release? And as I said, with with everything, all this all this level of experience, the activation is much quicker 
and much more instant, much more reflexive than the deactivation, than the discharge. You know, you can activate very quick, split second. To deactivate takes two times, three times, five times, ten times longer. So just, here we are again. So that must be very sensitive and aware of that process. What do I actually want to stand out for? What's worthwhile standing out for? What's worthwhile claiming? What's worthwhile owning? What's worthwhile, you know, to take responsibility for? And so there's some prudence around that. And whatever there is that need to do that, when we do this in a conscious way, we don't leave empathy behind, we don't leave compassion behind, we don't leave um, kindness behind. We don't just go cold abstract. We bring that with us. This is wisdom to bring that with us so that we don't disconnect from the real, felt, empathic, sensitive world, which is what's actually happening to us, which we are are part of. And it occurs around the trigger. The trigger, the sound, the word, the sight, the idea, the trigger, and then there's this tremble, and then you can sense that that activation. And oh gosh, I bet, oh gosh, I better, oh my goodness, I better, or perhaps I ought to, you know, that, whoop, there it happened. You know? And then we pause, breathing out, just practicing, noticing the arousal, and practicing it in these very simple, modest ways, and in the discharge. Learning that process. This, this is your ABC here, because there's nothing really to get hung up about, or claim, or organise right now. Yeah. Now, world differentiation, as we discharge, as we release, as we come out of that process of, you know, selfing, which is an activity, it's not a person, it's an activity that we all experience, you know, it happens and then it can, is this worth really making an identity out of? I don't think I'm really going to bother getting hung up about how much, how many sprigs of parsley are on my dinner. It's not really worth making an issue out of just, I don't really like that, but never mind. (laughs) The things that we can get that activation around, (laughs) it's not worth it. Because I know what happens if I get that, I'm going to have to spend another five times as long just coming out of it, so no bother. And one becomes more discerning about that. Generally, as a, a, a theme, I, you know, I try to not have an opinion unless I need one. <laughs> and I make a point of, of not um, thinking about things I don't have to think about right now. You know, uh, of de- deliberately practicing aimlessness, positionlessness, ownerlessness, homelessness, you know, call it conscious vagueness. <laughs> and what's worth getting doing that activation around? Some things are, definitely. Okay, then we, this is worth forming for? Yes, I believe in this. Yes, this is worthwhile. Yes, I'm here for that. Yes, I really feel good about that. Okay, then bring everything into that. 
bring, don't just act impulsively, but consciously bring everything into that. Bring heart, courage, patience, resolution, kindness, bring it all in. Bring all the heart into what you do. Yeah? Don't go off half-cocked. And yeah, this is worth it. Okay, well then everything will go into it. And then this is the beauty of life. Yeah. Now often we find ourselves beset by so many thoughts and possibilities and you're wondering which is the right one. When it's like that, probably none of them are the right one right now. Uh, you have to wait for in- integration to occur, to to find this sense of calm and steadiness. And then you begin to filter through what's really important right now, what's beautiful right now. And then, okay, then we'll act. Activation can occur around that. And then in a retreat you have a chance to to experience some of these signals, activation, self, and then coming out of it back to something less divided. Here we are. There's presence. Sensations. Energies. Feelings flowing. Mm -hmm. It's like this, isn't it? There's no need, there's no intrinsic need all the time to you know to step out of that to uh, make something out of it you can just rest into that we experience this flow of experience and you're on the watch for that tendency to, to cling to an aspect of it then that clinging takes you out and you're yourself again you're up in that place and then it's going to start getting quite busy. So we come down, recognize that, and release. For this, why retreats are so great for this, because we can practice, we can first of all establish, acknowledge, expect security, safety in terms of interpersonal activity, yeah? Space, everything is set up, we can be looked after. There's food, shelter, accommodation, lodging, emergency, ask somebody, phone calls, it's here. <coughs> Just relax into it. You're safe. And therefore, one can begin to just allow experience to flow through. Now, I think many times when people. Um, consider meditation or practice meditation one of the, the uh, phenomena that occurs is the experience of the watcher you know, somebody watching the breath and watching the body witnessing what's going on and when that happens when we do that where, where, how do, where do you think that where does that ex- witness appear to be hmm? is it in your thumb Knees. Where where is that? Where does that witness dwell? Where is where do you sense that witness? The watcher. Do you sense it's having a location, a place? Do you sense where energy gathers? If you contemplate the experience of your body, where the witness what happens, where the energy gathers, where the energy contracts, becomes more energized, more Is it in your elbows? Or is it in this kind of globe on top of your shoulders? This thing, doesn't the energy come up to here? And this is kind of where you live, somewhere behind the eyes, perhaps, a little zone here. Not here, not in your chin. <laughs> not in your ears. <laughs> somewhere a little kind of cell and the eyes going back somewhere there. We're looking at what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
That's where the witness is, isn't it? That's where energy goes. Now, just as an experience, why should that? Why should it? Why should that happen? Is there somebody living up there? If you, you know, if you start to, you know, put a scalpel, laser beam in there, do you find anybody in there? Don't think so. There's just lots of energy and activations around the nerves, perhaps around the eyes, the forehead. That happens. But there isn't a, somebody up there, is there? <laughs> but uh, when you, but notice as you stay in that mode, that person who isn't there generally has quite a few things to say. <laughs> <laughs> And not all, not all that complimentary either. <laughs> not necessarily very peaceful. Who's that? Who's living up there? <laughs> Who moved in? <laughs> well, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, is it? Meditating. When I, I get up there and I watch what's going on and I deal with it assiduously and I understand the teachings and I practice mindfulness towards that. And, um, yeah and work out what's supposed to happen and, you know, calculate, get the strategies of practice this, practice that, doing it that's what I'm supposed to do, isn't it? <laughs> well, get the results what's the results of that? Uh, how does that one um, what happens to that one when some anxiety occurs? What does it do? Stop that. Calm down. You're okay. Don't worry. What happens when a little bit of irritation occurs? Now, now, now. What happens when some actually resentment occurs? Just, just soften, soften, soften. Take it easy now. What happens when some grief comes up? Get a grip. Hold it together. Life's like that. <laughs> You'll get over it. <laughs> Doesn't like feeling, does it? <laughs> Doesn't do it very well at all. <laughs> it just it just moves off it like a cat off hot roof, you know. <laughs> <It> just <laughs> that splitting off. And what happens to the feeling? What happens to the mood, the emotion? It's kind of somehow either trivialized or exiled or uh, made reprehensible, you know, trivial, you know, messy, uncomfortable, pointless, stupid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that, there's the discrimination occurring right there. There's the discrimination occurring right there. So, and um, just uh, to recognize that you know, life, experience, consciousness brings feeling with it. Everything that you experience, directly experience, there'll be some kind of feeling with it. Could be mildly agreeable, mildly disagreeable, okay, relatively neutral, slightly interesting fascinating, you know, it has some feeling to it. Everything you experience has a feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Not everything you experience you can actually intellectually understand. That doesn't cover everything, mm-hmm. by any means. In fact, what do you understand? <laughs> do you understand yourself? Mm-hmm. Intellectually? <laughs> the one you're living with? You got her sorted out yet? (laughs) Maybe you know two and two equals four. (laughs) You can can deal with abstractions, but does that understand anything living? Really understand it? Or does it just form opinions about it? Not very good at uh, anything that's alive. Not very good at all. 
it's, it's a helpful function it's 70 kilometers or so and so this weighs 50 grams yeah it's great but you know is 50 grams nice is a kilometer happy <laughs> is a number joyful no they, they, they live in a non in a non-world they're virtual they're not real so the intellect can handle those because they don't have any feeling to them. You don't have such a thing as a miserable kilometer. <laughs> a furious milligram. <laughs> so yeah, we can play with those. But then when you try and assess people in terms of these things, then you're really doing a, a gross you know, disservice to human beings. And we kind of can do that. French people are like this. You know, women are this way. Gay people are like that. You know, <laughs> just you know, slap a label on it. <laughs> and even worse, I'm one of these. I'm like this. That's what it does. So this isn't so, this isn't something that you can really use. Let be your master. You can use it as a servant when it's necessary. It's a great little gadget to have. <laughs> great little app to have. <laughs> to kind of nimble things with it, you know. It's really great when it all works. Like, like most things, like mobile phones, they're great when they work. <laughs> Mine never works. <laughs> you know. But organic things, living things, it can be pretty nasty. Yeah. Loss of empathy. Once we lose empathy with others, unfortunately, the truth is, there's almost nothing that human beings will not do to another when they lose empathy. When human beings become objects. The sad, really sad, tragic thing is that human beings when they lose empathy are worse than animals much worse than animals and uh, you know just to bring it back to something very here and now do you lose empathy with yourself what is what if this becomes if you're getting what I'm talking about yeah you realize your intellect organizing gadget however useful it is up in when the energy crystallizes in your head however useful it is don't let that thing take over yeah you know you want the real thing you want something that can experience empathy whereby the, the differentiations become soft no longer hard-edged to others as to myself where we have to feel feeling anxiety anxiety feels like this what's the response okay let's be with this feel it in your body let that wave of fear and uncertainty let yourself experience it breathing in breathing out till it gently discharges rather than blaming and so on. So we don't really witness anymore, we handle. And this this energy begins to, to, to loosen up from the head and you feel a lot lighter and you feel actually what tends to happen is a lot of my energy seems to occur around the guess where <laughs> around the heart region and sometimes around the, the, the intestines which also are powerful nerve centers. You know, they say you have three brains, one in your head, one in your heart, and one in your guts. And, uh, and they all have their, their purposes. And the empathic senses around the heart. The heart is 60% nerve cells. It's not really a pump at all. It's a moderator. Yeah. And the intestines have a huge amount of nerve cells, uh, nerve, nerve tissues in them. And they're to do with protection, defense, uh, fear, survival, raw stuff, 
Yeah? And raw stuff is not remote at all. You know, you can feel just as much terror in making a public speech as, as, running, as, as meeting a tiger. <laughs> Some people would sooner meet a tiger than make a speech in public. <laughs> it grips, and you know where it grips, because you've experienced it. It grips right here, doesn't it? Why doesn't it grip your knees? <laughs> well, yeah, this is something quite fundamental about the physiology of all this. We all experience it's here, isn't it, in your gut. And then when you organise things, it's up here in your head. And when you feel loving, it's here in your heart. So, none of these are yourself. They're just particular positions where energy moves for particular purposes. So you don't want to stay stuck in one of these. You know, trying to be empathic with a computer isn't going to work. <laughs> you need to use this, this, your smart stuff up here. But you might help to deal with your frustration from down here. Deal with yourself from down here. You know, your organic system, your living, sensitive, feeling system. Deal it from here. And when you experience it from here, you know, then you're not above your feeling. You're not watching it from above. And you're kind of right in the centre of it. It's almost like being the centre of a turning movement of energy. Coming up against it. Being in the centre of it or being even being around it. There's something much more direct. You're not certainly not above it. And so the first experience of um, feeling can be you know, I'm within it, and it's it's dumb, it's happening to me. Yeah, it's it's coming at me. I'm in the centre of this thing, and it's just wow, all round. That's the first. That could be the first experience, the first moment. That's the point when you pause, and instead of going up into your head, you stop, steady, widen. What do you mean widen? Widen. I mean. As you pause, you use your body as the ground, a stabiliser, and you can experience this activation around the heart, and you widen your focus to include your, your entire body. Right down to the floor, you widen it. That means that what tends to occur with that, instead of experiencing yourself as being inside the feeling which is getting at you you're now wider than the feeling not in a not in a broken off way but you're in a way embracing the feeling you're bigger than the feeling you're spacious around that feeling the fe- feeling instead of getting at you you are holding the feeling yeah? you're wider than the feeling you're the space that experiences the feeling happening inside it rather than me being inside this feeling which is jumping on me. So that is a little piece of, of um, you know, meditation skill, I would say. I find it very useful. Pause, widen, soften. The impulse to react. Breathe in, breathe out, steady. And then there's this space. Feeling occurs within the space. The space is compassionate, is empathic, is, uh huh, feeling is like this. Now the feeling is like this. Feeling is a right to be here. Pause. And it discharges. Because if we don't keep pumping it up, that's what happens. Feeling is changeable, it discharges. It doesn't mean we dismiss it, cut it off, destroy it. Its nature is to arise and pass. That's what organic systems do. They're all this process of something dynamic. So then instead of always living up here, you recognize, well, for meditation it's probably better to spend more of your time, you know, down around the heart or 
first of all get it in your gut because you want to make sure you feel you know, I've got, I'm safe here, I'm okay I'm steady myself yeah, the space around me when that's settled feel your body and then begin to sense into something hmm, feelings like this so it's more heart based head comes, definitely we still have heads, but then in that process as we begin to experience the stuff that touches us yeah, gets us stirred or some of it quite uh, things we feel rather disappointed by I'm still stuck in this, I'm so stupid pathetic, why never grow out of it, you know this sort of thing uh huh Instead of the label, just feel the feeling, the unpleasant feeling, and the fundamental signal. Feeling is slightly different from a from the signal a signal, but in English you sort of blur them together. But the feeling realm is one of perception, the impression. I am stupid. I am failing. I am confused. I am, yeah. That's called a signal perception, like the ringing of the bell. The feeling is unpleasant, say, or I'm wonderful, I'm on top of the world, so forth. That perception, the feeling then may be pleasant. Yeah. When of course you get complications around it. There's the perception, the feeling. So all this is the evocative, emotive place. Now as that happens, Pause. Mm-hmm. Don't go up into organizing it, sorting it out. Feel your body. Feel the ground. Get a sense of widening out of a contraction, out of an urgency, out of a reactivity. Breathing in, breathing out. Let the wave of feeling move through, and this the signal then begins to lose its power, loses its power to trigger. Do you understand? You know, feeling is, is, is it's the signals are often the the where the the, um, the delusions, the beliefs, the assumptions, the prejudices occur. Inaccurate signals. Mm. Yeah. This feel this I get a sense of pleasure. Therefore yeah, I am you know, craving or greedy, shouldn't be. No, this experience of pleasure arises. You don't have to have a greater self out of it. So the signals, and most signals are associated with personal history, the socialized self. Hmm? <coughs> they can be signals such as you know, a mature, responsible man doesn't feel this way, doesn't have that that petulant pettiness, whatever it is. A balanced, sensible woman doesn't feel, doesn't have the experience of being pathetic. <laughs> you know, or she feels this and it means she's stupid, or he's incompetent, or he's a failure. The, the signals, and then around that, this incredible reactivity occurs. Yeah. But who says what anybody is supposed to be? Who says what you're supposed to be? Who says what men, women are supposed to be? Who says it? Who's telling you? Where did that signal come from? There's a lot of it going on, isn't there? 
Where does it come from? Can you trust it? Look at the media. It's all people looking totally happy with their new car. So I should be happy with a new car. Here's another person in the advertisement looking confident, assured, well-dressed, good, groomed, not trouble in the world, wrinkle-free. Therefore, I should be. (laughs) 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 They're fantasies. So we start to check the signals that are occurring and some of them, how many are actually valid? I would suggest probably somewhere near none. (laughs) Somewhere near zero. Relearn what it is to be human. Learn the real thing from what's happening now. And the real human accommodates, empathizes, doesn't differ, doesn't cut off, integrates. The real human is someone who can be at peace with their live with their experience. Here's an end to the the inner chaos, the blaming, the self-criticism, the pressure to achieve, the fear of failure, the sense of having missed out. Here's an end to that. And what's left when that passes? You're probably, you probably know, you probably experience this from time to time, maybe. But uh, certainly the awakened ones, that's their abiding place. And they are happy. Yeah. Without a name or a number or a position. They're happy, they're free, and they're compassionate for sentient beings. Because this is nature. This is the real human nature. The most uh, sublime thing. The real human being is the most sublime, wonderful, piece of experience yeah. this is the this one is the pinnacle of nature not the dominator but the awakened mm. so in our practice now this time you know just getting down to some very immediate stuff Just begin to check what gives rise to the sense of I am, self. Don't, you know, don't be frightened or embarrassed by it. It happens to us. What is it it centre? What's the energy of that? How tense does it get? What's the possibility of softening and discharging it? Not criticising and hating it, but just softening and discharging. What is the possibility for that? Can you use your body for that? Can you feel the energy (coughs) and pause and breathe out with that? Can you let yourself widen and soften with that? So that sense of the isolated self starts to melt. Mm. Can that happen? Mm. And you're still here, you're awake, you're present. You're tuned in. 
can that happen? And then when it's time to do something, then there's that relative, okay, decisiveness. We form up into something, we differentiate, and then we can dissolve again. Is that possible? Just going through simple movements in a day. Find out where, feel where it is, feel the energy of it. So let's take some time for practice. If you want to stretch your legs for a little while, 